Let's just pray for a minute before we turn to God's Word. Father, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you for your power. We thank you, God, that as we learn more about you, that we can live the lives that you want us to uh, with greater effectiveness. We thank you that as we seek to understand your Word and to put it into practice, God, that you touch our lives with great blessings. We pray, Lord, this morning that as we look to your word, that you'd speak to everyone here and you'd speak to those who hear this word in other lands, in other nations, uh, through the internet. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In this world, there are two different kinds of people. Some see a glass that's 50% full. They see it as half full. Some people see the same glass and see it as half empty. Now, the person that sees the glass as half full, they're happy because they've got 50% left to drink, right? The person that sees the glass as half empty, they're kind of sad because 50% is gone. What kind of person are you? A half full kind of person or a half empty kind of person? Different kinds of people. Now, the world that we live in is not a full glass kind of world. The world that we live in has some issues, doesn't it? It has some problems. Where are we going to be? What kind of life will we be when we have a full glass? That's only going to happen in heaven. Then our glasses are going to be full to the brim. But in this life, we live with a glass that isn't completely full. And how do we deal with it? There are some good things in our life and there are some things that aren't so good. Well, currently we're in this message series, How God Sees Us. When God looks at you, how do you think he sees you? Does he see you as half full or half empty? How do we see ourselves, half full or half empty? You know, if we see ourselves as being half empty, to me that's kind of a discouraging thought, isn't it? It's kind of makes you want to complain. Like, where's the other half of the glass, God? But if we see ourselves as, as half full, if we understand how God has blessed us, even though we do have some issues, even though we are perhaps struggling with some circumstances in our life, even though things are not perfect because we're not in heaven yet, if we see ourselves that way, then we have something to praise God about. We have something to thank Him for. Hebrews 13, 15 is the first verse that we're going to look at today. And it says, Through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And so God's word here tells us that he wants our lives to be full of praise. In fact, it says he wants us to be continually praising him. And how are we going to do that? I know I have a ways to go. Sometimes I find myself looking at myself or life as, as half empty. And when I feel like that, I don't feel like praising God very much. But when I do praise God, it changes my feelings. And I begin to feel closer to God. I begin to feel His presence. I begin to feel His joy fill my heart when I praise God. And so I believe that today God wants to encourage us. He wants to motivate us. To praise Him more. He wants our lives to be continually filled with praising the Lord. He wants us to see His hand in our lives. He wants us to understand how He has 
blessed us in so many ways. Now, our message today is called Greatly Blessed. Now, if we could see ourselves as greatly blessed, then I believe it would be easier to praise the Lord. If you see yourself as being, well, I've got a little itty-bitty blessing, but a whole lot of problems, then it's kind of hard to praise the Lord, isn't it? But if we see ourselves as greatly blessed, then we have something to praise God about. Now, if you're a believer this morning, I believe that God sees you as greatly blessed. And we're going to see what God's Word has to say about that. And I believe God wants you to see yourself in the same way. He wants to see you as being greatly blessed. He wants you to see yourself as being greatly blessed. Now, when you've been discouraged, or maybe when somebody else has been discouraged, have you ever told somebody, just count your blessings? No, just count your blessings. Don't count your problems. Forget about them for a while. Count your blessings. Think of how God has blessed your life. Now, there's not a verse that I could find that says count your blessings, per se, with those exact words. But it's actually a biblical principle, and I believe that God wants us to do that today. He wants us to begin to count some of our blessings. And we're going to look at what God's Word has to say in Ephesians chapter 1. This passage in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14 is really an incredible passage. God has really blessed me this week as I've, as I've studied it. It shows us how greatly blessed we are in Christ. Now this passage, which is about 12 verses long, in the Greek language is a single sentence. 202 words long. It's as if Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was so excited about how God had blessed him, how God has blessed us, that he couldn't stop to take a breath. He couldn't stop to put a period on the end of the sentence. He just, he just kept flowing out of him. And in this passage, we're going to find some awesome reasons of how we can praise God. Some awesome reasons to praise God for his great blessings in our lives. And so I believe this message will help us if we reflect on it, if we meditate on it, if we think about it during the week, not just on Sunday mornings. It will help us move closer to God's will for us of continually praising him. Of praising him not just on Sunday mornings, but on Monday through Saturday as well. So in your bulletin is a white page. I encourage you to take that out as we begin uh, in Ephesians 1, chapter 3. First of all, we praise God the Father. Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This passage begins with praise. It begins with the word praise. Praise be to God. It's filled with praise to God and it ends with praise to God. The first section calls us to praise God the Father. We're going to see the next section talks about praising Jesus. The last section... Uh, reasons to praise God for the Holy Spirit. But God created you, He created me, to be to the praise of His glory. He created us to praise Him with our lips. He created us to praise Him in our thoughts. You understand, sometimes you could be singing a song, praising God with your lips, and your thoughts could be somewhere else. Your thoughts could actually be counting your problems as your lips are praising God. I'm not sure God is pleased with that. But God wants our thoughts and our lips and our hearts to be filled with this praise 
to God. God created us so that we could praise Him with our actions and with our lives. You know, some people praise Him with their lips, but their actions and lives don't bear it out. God wants those to be in harmony as well. So what can motivate us to continually praise God? Well, God has greatly blessed you if you're a believer here this morning in Christ. Let's look at the entire verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. You might read it. It's blessed me. has blessed you. In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now those last two words in that phrase, in Christ, are, are very important. The blessings that God has for you, the blessings that God has for me, are found only in Jesus Christ. That's where they are. And what that means is that they're only for believers. Those blessings don't apply to those who are not in Christ. But every believer is in Christ. And so those blessings apply to you and me. Now God has not blessed you with just a few blessings. What does this verse say? It says he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing, with all spiritual blessings. Now notice these are spiritual blessings. In the natural, God has blessed people in different ways. God has blessed people with different abilities, blessed people with different talents. He's blessed people with different resources. We've blessed, been blessed differently, but spiritually we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so we can praise God for that. Secondly, God has chosen you to be holy. Verse 4 goes on to say, But he, speaking of God, chose us in him, that's in Christ again, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now just think about that for a minute. Before God created this world, he had you in mind. He knew you by name. He chose you. To be holy and blameless. He had a purpose and plan for your life. That is your destiny. And so sometimes when we struggle with sin and temptation. We need to remember that God has chosen us to be holy. God has chosen us to be victorious. God has chosen us to walk on a path of righteousness in this life. And because God has chosen us. We don't have to give in. We can follow him. Because he's chosen you for holiness. And he is there to help us live that way. God has predestined you to be his child. It says in love, verse 5 and 6. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. Which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That's Jesus Christ. And so... God's plan, which is in his mind before creation, was that you should be his son or daughter. That you would be part of his family. That you would be part of his family in this life and in the life to come. See, we don't think about eternity enough, I don't think. Our eyes are just focused in the here and now and the 70, 80, 90 years that God has for us here. But eternity goes on forever and God has chosen us not just for this life. This life is just a precursor to eternity. It was God's will, it was his pleasure that you would become his child. That the creator of the universe would be your father. Now here is the first time in this passage the grace of God is mentioned. 
You and I don't deserve these blessings. We don't deserve to be a child of God. And that's where God's grace comes in. God gives us these blessings even though we don't deserve it. We don't deserve to be holy. But God has blessed us. And how has he done it? In the one he loves. In Jesus Christ. And so for all these things, we praise God. Because he's chosen us. You know, when you were a child, did you ever have the experience like I did of playing on a sports uh, some type of sports team where there was a couple of teams and this was just kind of a pickup sports team and captains were chosen and all the kids lined up and the captain had to, say it was a softball team, had to pick who he wanted on his team. Now who did the captain pick first? They picked the strongest. The guy who could hit, or girl who could hit home runs. The very best athlete they could think, the biggest one, they were picked first. Needless to say, I was not often picked first. And how did that feel if you weren't selected first? If you had to wait till the very end where they kind of go, oh, come on, you know, and you were just the leftovers, you weren't chosen. It didn't make you feel good to be chosen last, did it? But God has chosen us first. As his children. God has chosen you before this world was created. Before time began. And so now you are on God's team. He chose you. He wanted you on his team. He wanted you not only on his team. He wanted you in his family. And so you're pretty special to God. And that's a good thing to remember. You're special to God. I'm special to God. That's something we can praise Him for. And so this week, when the pressure is on, when you don't exactly feel like praising God, just remember, God chose me to be His child. I'm a child of the King. He, you chose me, God. And I praise you for that. Praise Him in your mind. God, I praise you for choosing me as your son as your daughter. Meditate on that truth. Take your mind off the problems and the things that are discouraging you, getting you down, and think about that for a while. Not only did God choose you as his child, he chose you to be holy, to live life in a way that's pleasing to God, to do the right things in life. And you can do it because God chose you for it. And God knows what he's doing. And so we praise God the Father. Secondly, we praise God for Jesus. Now really, Jesus is part of this whole passage. But, but the Spirit here turns now to how we can praise God for what Jesus has done. Because of Jesus, God has redeemed and forgiven you. If you're a believer here this morning. Verse 7 and 8 says, in Him. Catch that phrase again. In Him. Speaking of Jesus Christ. In, in Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And so in Jesus, you have been redeemed. Now the picture here, the concept of redemption is that of a slave. A slave who has been bought from his master by a redeemer and set free. That's the concept of redemption. The redeemer was somebody who paid a price to the master 
for the slave's freedom. And so we praise God because Jesus is our Redeemer. He paid the price to set us free from our sin. To set us free from the wages of our sin, from eternal death. He paid the price with his blood on the cross. And that redemption resulted in the forgiveness of our sins. Did we deserve it? No. Not at all. Not one of us deserved to be redeemed, to be forgiven, but God did it anyhow because of His grace. In accordance with the riches of God's grace. Not only has God redeemed and forgiven us, but He's made known His will to us. Verses 9 and 10, it says, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ, to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. Have you ever thought that God's will was a mystery? That you couldn't possibly understand it? Well, God's will is a mystery, but the good news is that God has made it known to us. He's made His will known to us. God wants you to know His will. He wants you to walk in His will. And these couple of verses here speak of God's ultimate purpose in history. And that purpose is only going to be achieved when Jesus comes back again. When Jesus comes back, everything and everyone will be put under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as we walk through life, as we put ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we move closer to that day. God's ultimate purpose of, of putting everything under the headship of Jesus Christ includes us, includes you as part of God's plan to bring that about. God has planned for you to bring Him praise. Verse 11 and 12 says, In Him, that phrase again, in Christ, we have also been chosen, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. You were chosen, you were predestined to be part of God's plan. And God's goal for your life is that you would bring Him praise. In every aspect of your life, that your life would be seen to bring praise to Jesus. And each of us as believers has put our hope in Christ. That's what we sang about this morning. Our hope is in you. And no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you're going through in life, God has a plan for you to bring praise to Him. That's your big goal in life. And that's something to praise God for, that you've chosen me to bring praise to you. We praise God for Jesus. Now let's think a little more about what Jesus did when he redeemed us because he loved us. Now in order for Jesus to redeem us, he had to take our place. You see, we were the ones that had sinned, not Jesus. We were the ones that deserved to die. We were the ones that deserved to be separated from God forever. But Jesus took our place. He paid the penalty through his death that we deserved to pay. And so his life-changing love for each of us involved this great exchange. This exchange of his holiness. This exchange of his righteousness for our sin. Let's think about an example from life about how love 
brings about an exchange. Let's think about parenting for a minute. You know, a baby comes into the world, a baby is completely dependent on their parents, is it not? They can't do anything. They need to be fed, they need to be changed, they need to be uh, clothed. Everything a baby needs done for them. This baby cannot grow up to become an adult, to become self-sufficient, to begin to do things for themselves unless the parent gives up their freedom, gives up their time, gives up their resources to the child. There's an exchange going on. But as parents give of themselves to teach, to support, to, to train their children, ultimately the child will grow up to be what God wants them to be. Now in a similar way, Jesus sacrificed himself for us. He gave up of himself that we might be Come free, that we might be saved, that we might rely on Him. And so we too must follow His example, not just with our children, but in all aspects of life. As He sacrificed for us, so our proper response to Him must be one of sacrifice as well. He gave His life for us, we give our lives in return to Him. We give our lives for others as well. Now, you remember the first verse that we looked at today from Hebrews. It talked about continually offering to God, what did it say? A sacrifice of praise. Ever thought, why did it say a sacrifice of praise? Because praise is a sacrifice. If you're praising God, you're not doing something else, are you? If you're praising God, you're not complaining. If you're praising God, your thoughts are not something somewhere else. There are times we don't feel like praising God, but we do it anyhow. It's a sacrifice of praise. That's the least we can do. Jesus offered his life for us. Can we not offer up a sacrifice of praise day in and day out for what he's done for us? And so it doesn't matter how dismal your circumstances may be. You can always... Praise God for what Jesus has done. Even as you draw your last breath on this earth. When there's nothing left for you here anymore, you can still praise God for Jesus and what he's done and that you're going to see him one day face to face. And so we praise God for Jesus. Finally, we praise God for the Spirit. In these last verses, God turns to speaking of the third person of the Trinity, the very Holy Spirit. God the Father, Jesus the Son, they're not here on this earth anymore. They're in heaven. But after Jesus was resurrected and ascended to God's right hand, he poured forth of his Holy Spirit to every believer on this earth. And we can praise God for that. We can praise God that he has sealed us with his Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when a person is included in Christ, when, I mean, when is a person included in Christ? We've been talking about that. All these blessings are found in him. They're found in Christ. They're found in the one that God loves. So when does a person receive all these blessings that we've been talking about? And this verse answers that question. It says, when they hear the word of truth. 
when they hear the gospel and when they believe. Now to believe is not simply to make a, a mental assent and say, yes, I believe Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. Yes, I believe that even these words in the Bible are the words he spoke. That's part of believing, but it's certainly not the whole of it. To believe is to trust one's entire life to Jesus Christ. To put one's entire hope in him. To trust one's eternal destiny to him. That's what it means to believe. And when a person believes in that way, this verse says that God marks you with his seal. The Holy Spirit. Now what's this seal that the writer here, Paul, is talking about? Well, in New Testament times, when there was an important paper, a contract, or some type of letter that was written, it was written on some type of paper or papyri, papyrus, and it was closed up. And some hot wax was dripped on the edges to seal them shut. And then the writer would take his ring, some type of signet ring, which had a mark that identified him, and he would press it into the hot wax to mark that as belonging to him, that paper belonged to him and was written by him. And in the same way, this verse is saying that God has placed the seal of his Holy Spirit onto our lives. He owns us. He created us. He's written your life, as it were. We are His. He's created us and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. That's evidence that you are God's. And that's a blessing to praise God about every day. I am His. His Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I'm sealed with His Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit guarantees your inheritance. The final verse in verse 14 says, Who, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And so this passage ends speaking of praise to God, speaking of praise to His glory. And so the Holy Spirit is a deposit or a down payment on your inheritance. Did you know you have an inheritance? An incredible inheritance. That inheritance as a child of God is everything that God has in store for you and for every believer, when he returns again. When Christ returns, you're going to be given a new glorified body. Did you know that? You're going to be able to spin and do cartwheels and all kinds of wonderful things with your glorified body. And in that glorified body, every ache, every pain, every sin, every difficulty is going to be wiped away. Every tear is going to be wiped away. You're going to be filled with incredible joy. That's part of the inheritance that God has for you. And Jesus has prepared a wonderful dwelling place for you in heaven. A place where you can live forever. Close to Him. Close to others who have gone on before. That's part of your inheritance. And this redemption that we have now is not yet complete. It's not going to be complete until Jesus returns again. And so the blessings that we experience now in life are simply a deposit, a down payment on the whole deal that we're going to get in eternity. And so that's something to look forward to. Sometimes people get discouraged with life. But let's look beyond this life to where we're heading. A wonderful place called heaven. There's much 
more to come. This life is but the opening chapter to eternity. But let's live it well. Let's live it for Jesus Christ. Because he has paid the price for us to live it that way. And so we praise God for his spirit. And so God sees you as being greatly blessed. Everyone here who is a believer, God sees you as greatly blessed. I encourage you this week to meditate on all the blessings in this passage. Every point here is a different blessing. Read it over in your Bible. Praise God for them. God, I praise you. You've chosen me to be your child. Isn't that a comforting thought? A child of the King. Since the creation of the world, God, you've redeemed me. You've forgiven me. You've planned me. You've planned for me to give you praise in this life. That's part of your plan. And to help me, God, you've given me your precious Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. Help me to get to know him better. Help me to learn to hear his voice more clearly. My life is being filled with the blessings of God. I have something to praise him about every day. And so make a decision to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. This morning, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and especially on Wednesday night when we have our prayer and praise service. If you possibly can come, I encourage you to come to praise the Lord together. We have some worship as we do on Sunday mornings and then we spend some time in prayer. And don't be afraid of that. You don't have to pray. You can pray silently. Somebody will pray or we'll all pray silently but God knows our hearts. So don't be afraid to come. God wants us to join together, to join our hearts together in unity and praise Him and let our requests be made known to him because God is a God who answers prayer and he blesses us as we seek his as we seek his face now to be greatly blessed you have to be in Christ we see this phrase occurring over and over and over in that passage we need to hear and believe the gospel or the good news the gospel or good news is simply to admit that we've sinned Believe Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins and commit our lives to him. So let's bow our heads right now. And if you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ or to commit for the first time, I encourage you to pray along with me in your mind. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I deserve to spend eternity apart from you. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross. That my sins might be forgiven. He took my place. That I might enjoy the blessings of heaven now and in the life to come rather than the torment of hell. And so I commit myself to following you with all my life and following your purpose. In Jesus' name. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray that God would help us to take this passage, this truth that he's taught us this morning, and put it into practice in our lives. Father, we're simply amazed at how you have blessed us.
in Jesus Christ. Forgive us, God, for not praising you continually. Forgive us, Lord, for maybe even complaining more than we are praising. Thank you, God, that you've chosen us. You've predestined us from before the foundation of the world to be your children. What an incredible thought. And no matter what's going on in life, help us to praise you that we're your children. And help us to live like your children. We praise you that you've redeemed us, that you've forgiven us, that you've made known to us your will. We praise you that you have a plan for our lives, a plan that, that is such that we can praise you and that others can praise you for our lives. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit who's sealed us, who has guaranteed us an incredible inheritance, a home in heaven, and we have the down payment. We have the foretaste of it. We have the deposit of it right now. Help us to live in that. And so this week, God, I pray that when we go through a hard time, help us to remember to offer up that sacrifice of praise. Give us the courage, God, to do it. Help us to remember. We pray, God, that you'd encourage everyone here this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would meet every need. And we pray, God, that those that have needs would come forward for prayer. That those in the church could pray for them. And we could see the answer come and give you honor and praise for that. We pray, God, that you'd use each one of us here to invite people to our special Easter service. We pray that you'd give us opportunities to use these invite cards. We pray you'd work things out as we go out on Saturday to hang these door hangers. We pray that through this, people would come and more lives would be touched for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.